Welcome to Power Players in Business and Life with Adrian Richardson, the show where brilliant leaders in business share powerful insider secrets and strategies to succeeding in life and business. Now, here's your host, Adrian. everyone. I'm your host, Adrian Richardson, founder of the Power Players in Business and Life podcast, where I get the honor of interviewing fascinating, big-hearted people who have brilliant minds. I'm also the founder of Power Play Media, where we create and implement strategic marketing plans for service-based business owners who want to scale their companies to seven or eight figures and beyond using Facebook and Instagram ads. This episode is brought to you by PowerPlay Media. PowerPlay Media specializes in creating highly profitable and scalable Facebook and Instagram ads by strategically delivering the right message to a qualified market. Businesses that want to achieve sustainable growth and profitability hire PowerPlay for their notable marketing expertise. They offer a premium done-for-you lead generation service for businesses at a million in revenue or more, as well as a top-notch mastermind for business owners who want to scale to seven figures and beyond. For more information, visit wearepowerplay.com today. And now, let me bring, tell you about today's guest. Ian Garlic has over 15 years of experience in video marketing. He uses cutting-edge online video marketing to help businesses collect and craft their stories. A Milwaukee native, Ian grew up in Orlando before venturing to the Big Apple, where he worked as an agent for a top commercial real estate firm, became an experienced trader for a hedge fund, and mastered marketing consulting for a Fortune 100 company. His experience in New York City led him to the creation of Authentic Web. Ian co-founded Authentic Web with his wife, Jessica, who worked for Nickelodeon, Disney, and Miramax. Ian's a best-selling author of three marketing books and has recorded 250 episodes of The Garlic Marketing Show. Well, Ian, thank you so much for being here with us today. My pleasure. That made me sound much better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So cool. You have so much experience. I'm excited to have you here today. And I would just love for you to share with our audience how you even got started in all of that. That's a pretty significant um, history there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Everything, I, you know, I just always believed in doing what you love and working hard. And, you know, the second I started doing something and I always wanted to do something big. Um, I think everyone does, but I always would swing for the fences with everything. I mean, whatever I did. So, um, you know, I moved to New York and uh, with my wife, and what we were at the time, she was my girlfriend and she was going to school and I decided, you know, I, I was a trader and I got back into it and I worked for a hedge fund there and I decided I didn't like that. And, you know, I, I had a history in real estate. My father was in real estate at one point. And so I'm like, well, let me get into real estate. I like commercial real estate because it's a numbers game. I'm a numbers guy. Um, so I got into commercial real estate and, you know, I, I, at the same time, I also on the weekends was bartending at one of the top restaurants in the world thinking that maybe I want to go to the restaurant industry, but I found, you know, I traded through the collapse of the markets in 2000 mm -hmm. and I realized I saw what was coming down the pipeline um, in 2005, 2006, because I started looking at the numbers and I'm like, this money's coming out of nowhere. Um, I was actually quoted in an article like going, there's something wrong here. <laughs> and a couple months later, the markets collapsed and, oh, wow. you know, I, I, oh, but I'd started looking around and, you know, one thing that was common, I always loved was marketing. 
Um, and, and, and not just the sell stuff, but I loved marketing to, you know, how people think and it, with, I have a degree in economics and economics is essentially marketing. So I started, mm. I got a job with, um, uh, Thomson Reuters as a marketing consultant for attorneys and was working mm-hmm. there. I worked there for a few years and really loved it. And, uh, you know, YouTube was purchased by Google and I'm like, this is it. You know, this is going to change the way we present video. People are going to be able to get their stories out there differently. Um, really connect with their ideal audience because Google is not going to let YouTube do anything but succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, this is 11 years ago and, um, and you know, we were off to the races and luckily, you know, my wife had a master's from NYU in 3d design animation. So it made it easy for me to find talent because yeah. I lived with the talent. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we got into it and, you know, we've been running the agency ever since. I love how you kind of looked around you, right? And I think it's really important for people to pay attention to what's going on around them. Uh, I think people get really busy and and get tunnel vision and they, they're not paying attention. And I love that you were paying attention. And number one, just paying attention and like, I'm not really loving what I'm doing. But number two, also paying attention to the fact that the world around you is changing and looking for the opportunity in that. I think that's really important skill to have. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely a contrarian when I see a bunch of people doing something, I, you know, and it's, I learned that in stocks when you trade, you know, if everyone's talking about something like, you know, the Bitcoin thing a few years, like a year and a half ago. And when everyone's like, you got to get into Bitcoin, I'm like, man, how can I go the opposite way? Because usually that's a sign of, you know, in, in trading, that's a sign of a top of a market. Uh, but mm. I'm always looking at what's the opportunity, what's no underserved, what's no one doing. Cause for me, that's the most fun. I don't like to be doing the same thing as everyone's doing. Yeah. And yeah, to your point, you know, you gotta be self-aware if you're not happy, you gotta change it. It's up to you. Yeah. I do the same thing when everybody's like, Oh, you have to go see this movie. And everybody's seen the movie. I'm like, I'm not watching that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think that's just, I think it's an entrepreneur trait. <laughs> yeah. Entrepreneur yeah. Trait, right? <laughs> so, you know, I would love to know in terms of what do you think your unique skill is that's helped you become successful in, in terms of the video marketing? Um, I, you know, really it, what it is, is being able to understand my client you know, or who I'm working for and also the end user and understand their situation, like really be able to, to paint that picture of, um, what's going on in that person's world. And I think that's really when I look around, uh, we've actually created our strategy around that is understanding someone's situation. Cause we buy because of our situation mm-hmm. and we don't buy, we talk about avatars and we talk about your ideal clients, which is important, but really people buy because of what's going on in that moment. And to be able to put myself into that person's shoes and think, what are they searching for? What are they really thinking? What are their wants and needs at that moment? Um, and really get my clients to talk to that person on video is really the big one. And to find those stories that would connect with them are, are really the skill set that I have. Yeah. yeah, I think people, the way I see it is they're always either buying their way into something or buying their way out of something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and or both so, usually. <laughs> yeah, or sometimes both, yeah. And, and so, you know, creating a message around um, what the outcome that they want is really, really important. 
super important and, and be able to help them to visualize it and really feel it. And that's where I think video comes in is really allows people to visualize it, feel it, and also to trust that person on their side. Like you, I work with service businesses mostly. And, you know, when someone sees that face and starts to trust them over and over again, uh, it can transform a business. I agree. I think there's just really something um, human you know, about seeing a video and experiencing that person. I I feel like it's almost like the next best thing to them seeing you in person on stage because that's Mm -hmm. really, really effective when someone can experience you and see your personality and get to know you and hear your story. But the next best thing to that is like being on video because, you know, obviously it reaches far wider than the audience that's in the room when you're on stage. And, um, I, when it comes to creating the message in the videos, um, I think a lot of people usually try to talk about themselves and, and mm-hmm. what's so great. And I'd love, you know, to hear your feedback on, on what people should focus on when they're, they're creating, thinking about creating their videos. So yeah, when we, like the way we get started is we have uh, what I call a storyboard blueprint session where we go through a person's journey. And, you know, everyone talks, well, not everyone, but in the marketing circles right now, the quote unquote customer journey is a hot term. Mm-hmm. But for a long time, I, you know, I, I saw those customer journeys and it's always about really about my marketing journey with you. So it's like, oh, you know, we have this awareness ad and then we have you opt in and then we're going to send you emails for, you know, enrichment and we're going to elevate you. And I'm like, no, that's not their journey. That's my journey. Um, that's my marketing, mm-hmm. you know, and what we want to talk about is your customer's journey. So if we can think about each moment, where are they sitting? What's going on? What's the temperature? As much detail as possible, put yourself into that position and then think about, you know, what do they want to go, you know, what do they want to go towards? What are the things that they want out of life? What do they want to get away from? Like you were saying, you know, what are they selling themselves out of and what do they need at that moment? And by need, I don't mean like, Hey, here's my lead magnet, but need like, you know, what advice would you give them at that moment? Um, and you know, what stories would you tell them? Like, Oh yeah, I went through that exact same thing. Or I had a friend that went through that exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Then that's the video that you create. And if you can do that over and over again along their journey and give them genuine advice and help them out, you don't have to do any selling because they're going to want to buy from you. They're going to want to work from you. And to your point, like when, you know, experiencing someone, seeing someone's face, you know, when you add value into it and they see your face, they're tying that together and, Mm -hmm. you know, they're becoming to trust you and you they'll buy anything from you at a certain point. You know, that's what celebrities do is because we've seen their face over and over again. It's a thing called the mere exposure effect where we see, if we see someone's face or we hear their voice over and over again, we innately trust them. It's, it's a human genetic disposition. It's not even something that's like a thought process. If I show you someone's face over and over and over and over and over again, you're going to trust them. And when you trust them, what do you do? You buy from them when they're the authority and they provide value, what do you do? You buy from them. And when you see them over and over again, you think they're a friend, what are you going to do? You're going to buy from them. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I've had people, you know, you know, I, I, I go out and give talks to your point and then, you know, the, they'll come and buy something from us and they'll be like, wait a second, what did I buy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I bought. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't even know what I bought. It's because they trust us. And obviously we deliver too. It's not yeah, like- I trust I, that you can solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, you, have to ha- you have to be actually solving problems. You should, I mean, yes, can video help you sell something to someone that doesn't need it? Yes, but I wouldn't do that. But if you deliver, you're going to build a great business. So what do you say to people maybe who are listening right now that feel like video is scary? Like they almost, people almost feel like being on video is like being on stage. And a lot of people are afraid of public speaking. And I'm, I'm curious of what you say to people, if you have clients or anybody who come to you that are a little hesitant and fearful about it. If you have a service business, people are going to meet you. This is, this isn't, the video is not about you. It's about them about making them feel more comfortable about if you provide value to them and really do, then it's, it's, it's about them. And if you're nervous about it, the best way to overcome being nervous about it is by doing it. And, you know, one of my friends always says, you know, I'm really scared to do this. That probably means I should do it. (laughs) (laughs) And that, and that's the truth. If you really want to grow in business, uh, like to your point, like we talked about the beginning of the show, being a contrarian, when everyone's going the other way and when something's really scary, that's usually the biggest opportunity. I mean, we started our company, everyone's like, Ian, what are you doing? We started in 2008, 2009, right? And what's going on? The biggest recession we've had in almost a hundred years. And I was like, what are you doing starting a company? And you know, it's scary and it is scary, but that's the big opportunity. So video is the same way. When it becomes easy and becomes everyone's doing it, it's not going to be as valuable. So just go out there and do it and, and provide value. Just care about the person on the other side. Yeah, I think anytime I get a little bit um, uneasy or fearful about something, the way I move through that is just to, to focus on the person I'm serving instead of focusing on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's exactly in line with what you just said. Like just focus on your audience and the fact that you're going to be there to help them. And that kind of helps you at least move through the fear and, and do it anyways. Yep. So that's great advice. Um, So being a power player doesn't mean that everything always goes well. To me, a power player is someone who's faced a lot of challenges. Like they've been crushed, but they don't let those situations get them down. And they use those situations to propel them forward. And I would love, Ian, if you could just share maybe one big challenge uh, that you've had in business or in life um, that you had to overcome. I'm really good at blocking those out because <laughs> it would be rushing if I thought about those all the time. Uh, I would, I would just be, I, I'd be sitting in the closet somewhere just crying. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I think probably one of the biggest challenges I've had is when, you know, we're, we're the business was growing pretty quickly and we we're bringing on a lot of new clients and scaling and people start to tell me that, you know, I, I needed to be out of the business, not necessarily out of the business, but not as hands on in the, in the business as I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I believed it and, you know, and I tried a lot of things and I started to believe the, my own hype and very quickly we start, clients start to drop off. Boom, 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 boom. Within a period of few months, our revenue dropped in half. Wow. Um, and that's scary. You know, because you start to, you know, you have payroll uh, if it, and you have to, you know, make sure your, your everything's all your bills are paid. And 
that gets really scary. Cause I mean, for me, I, you know, I'm never worried about being able to make money for myself. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, one of those things I'm lucky about, but mm-hmm. once you start having to pay other people's bills, it gets scary. Yeah. And, and you know, and you worry about your reputation, all of that. And, um, you know, that's one of those scary moments. And, um, I just got out of it by, you know, regrouping, figuring out what I did wrong, what I could fix, and then starting to hit singles again, trying to, you know, not swinging for the fences and trying to get it all done at once, but going, what can I do as a little sale? What can I do as a little sale? And to a point before helping people as much as possible, you know, mm-hmm. giving as much value as possible. So where do you think, um, things went wrong or, or learned from that? Like, because that's a really common for, you know, especially as someone starts a business and they're wearing all the hats, they're doing all the work. And eventually in order to grow, you do have to start offloading some of that, that work. And so where do you think things went wrong in terms of you pulling back and it affecting the business in that way? Um, yeah, I delegated a lot of stuff that, and I shouldn't, that was really what was my superpower, like strategy, mm. um, client interviews, those types of things I delegated a lot of. Um, I think that's where a lot of it went wrong. And, you know, I wasn't monitoring as closely as I should the pulse of my client's happiness. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that was probably one of the bigger bigger things. And also I listened to the idea that, you know, cause we do video in a different way. And, um, you know, I'm in the process now of educating other video companies around the country. We launched this website, storycruise.com. So, because I realized that we need, you need someone when we do this, this style of video that we do, we, you can't just send a videographer out there. You need someone who understands the person's business. Like we talked about before, how you really get to know, you don't just do Facebook ads. You mm-hmm. know the person's business. You, it's much more Facebook ads is your tool, but you're much bigger than that. And that, that was definitely it. And it, our videos lost effectiveness. I lost FaceTime with clients. I lost spending time with clients. And um, those were the big ones, really knowing someone's business. I got away from it. Um, and, you know, that's, we're going to take on less clients, charge more, and then educate people. And so people around the country can still get our type of service from local videographers. So tell me, you say, you know, you do video different than everybody else. Uh, um, can you expand on that? I want to know more about that. Sure. So, um, you know, I think one of the big things is we understand that it's a lot of different videos. People are like, Oh, I just need a video for this. And most of the times like someone says, Oh, I just need a video, recap video for an event. Like this is a big one I get all the time. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, well, what do you want the video to do? Well, I want people to see this part and this part and this part and this part. And I want to show how beautiful the event was. And I want to show how great the content was. And I want to show, I want people to get excited about last year. And I want people to get excited about this year. I'm like, and I want to do that one minute. I'm like, okay. <laughs> And, and, and that's not it. It's finding the story, finding, you know, having a goal, making sure every video has a goal. You know, I always, the four questions, the who, what, why, and where, um, you know, who are we talking to? Um, uh, where are they in their journey? Why should they pay attention? And, um, what do we want them to do next? Every video answers that question. 
Uh, so, and we also think about where platform it's on too. So, you know, is this going to be a Facebook video? Is it going to be a YouTube video? Do we need SEO? Uh, we're thinking through all that stuff, but then also doing it in a documentary style fashion. So that's where authentic web came from was the idea that we're getting that authenticity out of the person. So the interviewing skill is very crucial that, you know, all this other stuff and then you let it kind of go and you have this interview that really gets the answers out of those in an authentic way. Because, you know, most of us, when we read scripts, our face says something different than our mouth. You know? <laughs> yes. And, and so there's this disconnect. Um, and Malcolm Gladwell's new book talks about it, but, uh, you know, it's something we've known for a long time. And when there's this disconnect, we think people are lying. And so that's where that authentic, authenticity has to come out. But also when I'm doing these interviews and we're doing these interviews, we find out a lot more about their business and we create a lot more videos. Additionally, like we don't, do, I always hate the word testimonials and you know, often the testimonials are, you know, you get a story about you. Um, Adrian's great. She, you know, share Facebook ads are awesome. I'm like, of course you're going to put that video on your website. Right. People want to hear a story. You know, what's your business about? What was your problem? What, how did you try and solve it? You know, and they want to hear that story. And so that's why I always say we make video case stories and not, testimonials. So that's another differentiator. And then for the, you know, last one really is the about us. A lot of it, it's the second most used page on your website. People at that point yes. want to trust you. They want to know, like, and trust you, but you can't just put your CV up there. It still has to be your, I always say your about us is about them still. So, mm. it, you know, we're always thinking about that, you know, coming back to that person's situation where they're in the journey and how is it formatted to engage them um, as well as still being authentic. You know, I think that's having that holistic view is not something that you learn in film school and you definitely, most videographers have never even thought of it that way. They're, they've learned how to make a really beautiful film that isn't right. necessarily engaging. Yeah. So long story. I, <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I love your idea about using video on the about page because um, I've always found that too, like every website I've had and even in my clients, like you said, it's like the second most visited page on the website. And um, I've never considered putting a video because we do, right? We think like, oh, the about page, I'm going to tell them my story. And, and um, you do want, obviously they want to know your story, but you want to tell it in a way, like you just said, that it has more to do with them. And maybe them seeing themselves in, in that journey. And so I love the idea of using video on the about page. Mm -hmm. it's, cool. yeah, it's, it's super powerful. And you know what, if you, if anyone looks at their path on go to Google analytics and looks at the path, you guess where most of the people go after the about page, the contact page. So think mm. about that in that user journey, how important that is. You know, yeah. what a huge opportunity is. Cause there was someone's like, I'm about to hire this person. I want to trust them. Yeah. And you know, that's, I feel like that's where people need to be spending a ton of time and money. Yeah. That's fantastic. What do you, how do you feel about like video on different platforms? Like, do you, do people need to think about the platform like YouTube versus Facebook versus their website? Like, should they be thinking about that in terms of when they're creating the video or is it like, Hey, once you create the video, you can put it on every platform. Oh, hundred percent. So I always, I always talk about platform last, but it is important. So, you know, we're, we're thinking about where someone is in their journey. So, you know, and go, 
is it, you know, are they looking actively or do we need to interrupt them? I always say it's intention versus attention because Facebook is an attention base place. You're battling against, you know, people's pictures of their babies, people's pictures of their cats. And you, yeah. have to, and you have to, you know, and you might even be in there, you know, I get in there to be in groups. You're still battling for my attention. If you're yes. putting ads up. Um, but YouTube is an intention based place. People are going there for specific reasons. Yes. Some of it's entertainment, but people are going there to learn something and they want to learn. So they're ready to absorb it. So you can go you know, you can be really educating them and there's it's search, you know, there's a search component. So mm-hmm. That aspect's there. And then like LinkedIn, LinkedIn, are, people are going there to either get jobs or to sell themselves. So, so they're in this business mode. So yes, it needs to be formatted a little different for, for LinkedIn. Additionally, you know, I mean, as you know, like the Facebook ad network, um, the video ad network allows for your video to be embedded in other places. So mm-hmm. you kind of need to be thinking about that too, is, you know, where is this possibly going to be showing up in someone's app? You know, is this video going to be showing up? Like we, I found one. It was amazing because it was perfect. It was my client's topic was directly aligned with this uh, wall street journal thing that, you know, this wall street journal article that was about Trump and something else, but it was directly aligned with the content and looked like it was perfect for it. And, you know, the guy's paying 10 cents a view for it versus, you know, thousands of dollars to get into the wall street journal. But you need to be thinking about where someone's me viewing it and how you format it as well as where they are in their journey. So, yeah. What's your opinion on Facebook live versus recorded video? I, I don't know. I'm, it, it depends on your audience. <laughs> it really, really does because, you know, Facebook lives are, you know, they, they were getting good reach. I'm not seeing that. Uh, you probably know better than I right now as far as the reach, but I, I haven't seen it get as good a reach. Um, you know, if you have people that have disposable time, if you're not in a B2B space, I think there's an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good, but for me, I, my favorite part about Facebook live is it's a great way to quickly test content ideas. Mm-hmm. I've done that before, you know, where I'll just do, I, I mean, a few years ago, I just kept doing Facebook live after Facebook live to test out which course I was going to do. Um, you know, which one got the most views and the most interactions. That's one that people wanted. And I use that to test out subject lines and everything because then you're not thinking so much about the production value. It's just like, let me test, 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 and put out a bunch of content. Yeah. My husband and I have very differing um, opinions and views on Facebook live versus video. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and my husband feels like video um, that is professionally produced and put together creates trust automatically or it helps because you just look like someone who's got their act together. You know what you're doing. It's professional. It's, pre- it's presented in a really a, a beautiful way that makes sense. And like you said, all of those things where it's, you know, engaging and everything, but then there's the view. And I agree with that. I agree with that. But I also feel like with Facebook live, it allows you to, it's a little bit more casual right? Mm-hmm. And someone feels like maybe they're sitting, you know, oh, I'm sitting talking to Adrian right now. And she's, you know, in, in her home or whatever, you know, like, there's that part of it, too. And, and so I always, I always think about that, like, is it better for me to just go live and be more casual? Or is it better to have a really nice, polished, produced video that looks really professional? 
I, I think in the end, you need both, you know, yeah. you know, when someone's further down the marketing funnel and they're deciding, yes, you want those professional videos or, you know, and then, but when you're staying in touch with past clients and you're also testing out new messaging, you can do a lot with Facebook live to build an audience up and get in front of people, you know, and, and in the end, yes, you make your first impression, but you have an opportunity then with good videos to retarget and put them in front of them over and over again, uh, once they're in your funnel. So I think it's a mixture of both. Yeah, I do too. I think though, no matter what you do, that you should make sure that you're thinking about your audience and you think through and put together kind of a strategy and a plan for the video or the Facebook live or whatever it's going to be. Because I think too many people just kind of jump on there, jump on there and ramble. (laughs) There's no benefit in that. Right. And so if you're going to do anything, whether it's Facebook live, it's video marketing, whatever it is that has to do with video as is in all kinds of marketing, you really need to sit down and come up with a strategy that's going to help you achieve the goal. And I think that it's so, I love video, but I think that the, the tools like Facebook live and stuff have made it so easy for business owners to just to, um, get their foot in, you know, get out there and be on video and get in front of people. And they don't put a lot of thought into the strategy behind it. And that's really important. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. You have to have a strategy for it. You have to have a strategy for how it's executed a bit of a formula for uh, taking them across a journey. Make sure you're a good storyteller, um, yeah. those types of things. And you can practice that stuff out there. Yes. On Facebook live, but don't just pop on and think that you're going to run some Facebook lives and it's all of a sudden going to work. Cause if you're putting out crud content, you know, I, I bring it back to this, you know, people always ask about the quality of content. I'm like, well, you know, uh, do you remember the adventures of Pluto Nash? And most people don't, uh, it was an Eddie Murphy movie, like 2003. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it was a 110, $120 million budget and, you know, highly produced, but the story sucked. And the yeah. content sucked and that's why no one remembers it. But then, you know, paranormal activity, right? Mm-hmm. It, it grows something like 19, $20 million. And it, it was a $20,000 budget, yeah. but it was an awesome story. Well thought out. And, you know, it basically was shot on what on, uh, uh, security cameras, but it comes down to that content strategy. Yeah. And, and most people just can't figure that out on their own. And that's why they need people like you to help yes. them with that. And like you. <laughs> yeah. So power players, they set their goals high and they put their focus and energy on achieving them. And I'd love to know what you're working on right now that you're excited about. Yeah. I mean, for me, really story crews, um, that's not like a boat cruise, but like a film crew, I'm really helping, you know, people learn how to talk about businesses, learn how to talk about video come up with that strategy and then find and training up other like local video talents um, to serve them because you need to have someone outside of you like for a lot of these videos because you need someone directing you. Um, it's, it's tough to be your own director unless you've made a ton of these. So I, that's what I'm really excited about because I, I know video can help and serve a lot of people, but it's just mm-hmm. such a, you know, it's confusing. It's hard to hire a videographer. It's hard to hire an editor. You don't know how much spend, how much budget, who to trust, et cetera. And, and that's really what 
I'm looking to do with this is unify that and really serve a lot of service businesses with great video and help videographers grow their business. That's awesome. So what is the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your services? Yeah. So storycruise.com is a great place to just get started. I mean, our, our, um, our stuff's on there, authentic web, but you can also find other people, um, you know, or if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, I'm one of two iron garlics in the world. <laughs> I don't think the other one has a LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, just make sure that you let me know that you're on Adrian's show. So I know it's not just spam, <laughs> but, um, yeah, connect with me on there, shoot me a message on there and whatever I can do to help. I will. That's awesome. So any last minute advice, tips, favorite tools, software, anything that you want to share with our listeners? I mean, my big thing is customer stories. Start collecting them, get in the habit of collecting them, regularly collect them. Um, and you know, it don't, and get ready to shoot video with them because it, it is your most powerful tool you have. Awesome. Well, Ian, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know our listeners will be moved and motivated and have some ideas to get started with video and know it's so important and just want you to know, Ian, you are a power player. Thank you very much. It's been awesome. Thanks for listening to Power Players in Business and Life. Be sure to click subscribe. To learn more about Adrian, visit www.wearepowerplay.com. We'll see you next time.